Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing in some detail an AIM list company in Jangada Mines. And to do that, we're kindly joined by the executive chairman of Jangada Mines, Brian McMaster. Brian, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure. So, Brian, Jangada, operating in northern Brazil, focusing on vanadium and iron ore. But would you be able to give us a little bit more detail in terms of an overview of the company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jangada listed on AIM a few years ago. Uh, initially, we listed with a, a platinum um, group metals asset that um, is situated alongside the current asset that we're exploiting. Uh, about 18 months ago, we sold the PGM asset to a company in uh, in Canada because we'd identified a, a very high-grade vanadium titanium iron asset, which we wanted to exploit in preference to the PGM asset. And for the last uh, year or so, we've been working very hard on bringing that asset to fruition. So, Brian, um, we've had a recent instalment of news uh, and, and an update on a vanadium project. Would you be able to give us a little bit more detail on that and what it means for the company going forward? Yeah, um, absolutely. So since we, we sold the, the PGM asset, um, we've decided, and, and you know, principally the reason we sold that asset was because we had identified this vanadium occurrence and we thought that that was a, a much more interesting um, prospect for us going forward. So we we um, we sold the PGM asset and as I say we've been focusing very hard on the vanadium titanium iron asset for the last year or so. We, we um, Late last year we put together a, a maiden drawk resource, well actually it was a uh, 43101 resource. Um, earlier this year we released a PFS and Subsequently, we've started to outline to the market a, a pathway to um, production, which we anticipate will commence in Q1 next year. Perfect. The investors looking into the company will obviously be interested to know what they can expect going forward. Um, I mean, what are you working on specifically now and, and what will be the next key uh, announcements that investors should look out for? Yeah, we, we've, we've sort of given the market a bit of a heads up about what we think the, the next, you know, well, probably the balance of this year looks like. And it, it's really, you know, investors probably should keep an eye out to see that we're, we're backfilling the expectations that we've created. And those expectations are that we've said through the PFS that we released earlier this year that we've got a technically and economically extremely strong business case. Um, what we're doing specifically at the moment in furtherance of that case is we're completing a 2,000 metre drilling campaign. Um, we've done a, sort of a roughly 1,500 metres of that um, and the balance will be done over the course of the next six weeks or so. Um, alongside that, we'll be producing a um, revised resource estimate, um, which will be followed by a more detailed PFS. So, I mean, from my understanding, there there's some drone surveys going on. I mean, what, what do they look like? Well, yeah, the asset is quite uniform, um, or the resource is quite uniform. So the drilling results that we've announced so far show that we have a really consistent grade of vanadium, titanium and iron. Um, and the, the drone surveys are identifying further anomalies, which um, 
you know, are, are things that we'll look to to um, explore further in the future. At the moment, we, we, you know, we don't need to to get into detail of those anomalies because we we've already proven a economically feasible business case. So um, the work we're doing at the moment will improve the size of the resource, which will mainly go to um, life of mine, which will of course drive some better economics. But you know, the, the economics we have already are, are outstanding. So we're kind of making something that looks really good just look even better. Um, and it just helps the business case for, for production. So could just talk um, a little bit about um, Goella. What I mean, is the potential there um, for expansion to the resource? Yeah, yeah. So we've, um, we've been announcing to the market that we've been drilling out um, Pit and Barris, which we actually will complete the drilling there next week. Then we're going to move over to Guayela. Um, that is one of half a dozen other targets that we've identified. It's geographically very close to the existing target. Um, and we're doing it just as an expansion of the resource. Um, it was one that we've known about for quite a long time. And so it was literally the first cab off the rank in terms of where we we're going to move the rigs next. Um, so we'll put probably 10 holes in there just as a, a build out of the resource and then following that we'll do probably six to ten kind of let's call them wildcatting holes just to help us identify and understand some of the other anomalies better um, but we won't go into the detail of those just yet because well frankly we just don't need to we, we, we'll end up with a resource we expect of you know probably north of 10 million tons which gives us a, a mine life of 10 plus years Lovely. So that's that's something that investors can expect for the news flow as that particular project progresses. But you, you mentioned there, uh, Brian, production. Now, this is obviously going to be key. I mean, what's the, the estimates on a timeline for production and, and what is required to get you to a position where you are starting to produce from your projects? Well, production can take... One of two, one of two avenues really, and one is, I mean, at the moment and for the foreseeable future, you know, iron ore prices are, are high, um, and so we've been looking at a effectively a DSO type iron operation, which would effectively um, be a very simple production operation where we'd we'd extract the iron ore and we'd sell that and we'd leave behind, um, and we'd get some vanadium credits throughout that, but we'd leave behind the titanium for for further work. Um, because that, that is a you know requires much more benef- beneficiation, um, and the PFS that we've announced to the market was based on that DSO scenario, and, and that said that you know capex was less than ten million US dollars, um, MPB was more than a hundred million US dollars, payback was three months, and IRR of you know over two hundred percent. So those economics are outstanding. Now, if you put a larger resource into that economic calculation, those numbers just go up exponentially. Um, and so that's what we expect to see coming out of the, the PFS that will release later in the year. Now, um, that DSO operation, as I said, is quite simple. It doesn't require a lot of capex. It's well within the grasp of Jangada to obtain that capex. So that's, you know, funding is not going to be a hurdle at that stage. Um, and we could have that in operation we anticipate by Q1 next year. Now, 
The alternative scenario, which is one that we're just mapping in a theoretical sense at the moment, is we bypass the DSO and just go for the full beneficiation program and exploit the titanium and the vanadium fully and get maximum bang for your buck, if you like, from this resource. Now, um, that's a different equation and it's not one that we've considered further than just theoretically at the moment. So, um, yeah, so our plans at present are to continue down the, the DSO program um, and basically exploit the asset in a way that provides the quickest, you know, um, and, you know, probably not necessarily the best, but the quickest and, you know, a very economically um, healthy return for shareholders uh, with very little risk. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely exciting. Um, it's, it's very interesting and it's, it's one of those rare assets where the, the pathway to cash flow is, is very clear. Um, there are no major impediments along that pathway. Um, and so it's certainly within our grasp and it, it's yeah, very close on the horizon. Fantastic. So indeed, yes, there's um, potentially exciting news releases to to come out. I think that one of, one of the most important things that, that investors, potential investors and shareholders will be looking at is the, the PEA, Preliminary Economic Assessment. I think you, you might have touched on it previously, but uh, this is obviously going to be something that, that's quite significant for investors. Is there any idea of, of when investors could be expecting that? Well, we have released one already um, earlier in the year, which, as I said, was based on our our smaller resource. So there will be an updated one coming, um, and it'll be Q3 now. We, the, the drilling, to be fair, is a little bit behind schedule. I mean, things have all slowed down a bit in Brazil because of COVID, so we're probably um, somewhere around six to eight weeks behind schedule there. We're, I mean, we are wrapping up. We're in the, the final straight now, but we are a little bit behind schedule, so that will push the... Um, the next study back to Q3, but we expect it will probably be a PFS now, not a PEA, um, because whilst the delays in the drilling have uh, are slower, it's given us the opportunity to do more work um, and firm up more things that would go towards a PFS. So we're, we're going to be able to produce a document that will give investors a higher degree of confidence as to the success of the program. And, and we think it will be, um, and we expect it will be along the lines of the the PEA that we've released already, so we're expecting it to be to to be robust, um, you know, technically and economically. So um, you know, it, it's actually looking pretty exciting for the for the next few months. Um, you know, that more astute investors and people who are experienced in you know, jurisdictions like Brazil would identify. We have um, made an application for a trial mining license, and those applications are always subject to regulatory review. Um, and it would be certainly inappropriate of us to guess what the regulators are going to say. However, um, you know, we have extensive experience in Brazil, and based on that experience, we don't anticipate any reason why the regulator would not want to support a trial mining license. So whilst it is something that, you know, we do need to get in the bag, we are very confident that that will um, come to pass over the course of the next uh, few months. And, you know, after that, I was going to use a very crude pun because Jangada actually is a, the name of a Brazilian sailing boat that can't sink. So I was, at, I was about to say after that, it looks like pretty plain sailing. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Thank you. Yeah, lovely. So, I mean, Brian, just to finish off there, I mean, you did mention you know, some investors may be aware of uh, uh, the, the area and what's happening there. But, I mean, for those that aren't um, particularly familiar with uh, Northern Brazil and other prospects and, and, and projects and companies operating there, would you just be able to give a bit of context in terms of other players in the area, um, you know, other mines that are operating at the moment and what they look like? Yeah, sure. I mean, the most, <clears throat> probably the two most relevant comparisons are our immediate neighbour, who are the people we sold the PGM asset to, which is a Canadian TSX listed company called Valor Metals. I mean, Valor have released a slew of information regarding the PGM asset, and it, it shows that it's a, a very robust asset that has a you know, substantial exp, um, exploration potential, and those guys are progressing very strongly they just recently raised i think eight million canadian dollars to, to continue their exploration so they've got very high hopes for that and we literally share a border with them um and the other really interesting comparison is largo who um, some listeners might be familiar with is a a vanadium play um it's again tsx listed i think um and you know it's had a market cap as high as two billion dollars i think I haven't looked recently, but it's, you know, something less than that now. It's, you know, maybe six or seven hundred million or something of that ilk. But you know, Largo is a producing mine. Um, they have been producing for quite some time. They have grades, you know, not dissimilar to ours. And they're, you know, within spitting distance of us. So, you know, they're a, a very successful near neighbour. And more broadly, um, where we are situated, we're 300 kilometres on a paved federal highway back to an international port. Um, the port has a bonded area, which um, they have told us that there is capacity within those that bonded area for us to um, bring our ore to the port, process it there if we, if we choose, um, and then you know, export it without attracting duties. So yeah, there is some real economic synergies to be gained by using that port, which, as I say, is you know, very close on a paved highway, so there's no big ticket logistics around, you know, building railways or building roads or any of that kind of stuff. We have everything we need to, to get this thing off off the ground um, is already there and available to us. Fantastic, Brian. Thank you very much. Very interesting there, um, making comparisons to a neighbour with, uh, with a market cap there of, of £2 billion and with yourselves um, trading here in, in London on, on the AIM market with, uh, with a market cap of... of uh, around 19 million that does highlight the potential there so thank you very much for giving some some context on the company so brian thank you very much for being on the podcast today no, no i appreciate it very much it's great to talk to you thank you Jonathan. thank you brian and i'm sure we'll be updating listeners when we hear more from jan garda down the line thank you very much thank you we hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.